sounds, the dulcet tones of Hooky, bringing us into another Catch episode. him at a venue near you this summer. <laughs> the vineyard? Yeah. You mean venue? Both. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, vineyards can be venues. Yeah, they play at the uh, the Airy every once in a while. Over it's in fun to Grafton, think of a band so. that only does vineyards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like, uh, this is the end of Step Brothers, where they're the Cowboy oh, yeah. Mixer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we only do 80s, Joel. <laughs> But yeah, that those dulcet tones show that we are finally back. That's boys right, and girls. We got a little Z here. We got a little A. A little Z. We are Z in that A so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And we're A in the Z even harder. Well, yeah, just mm-hmm. right in. That's just natural. Just right. It just it, it feels good. It really does. Who gives a fuck what Jesus says? It feels good. I mean, some people do. Not me. Hmm. I was raised Catholic, which means I'm an atheist. Okay. <laughs> Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm here. How about you? Oh, I'm not bad. Okay. I'm still struggling with this microphone arm, but yeah. we're, we're going to get there. It's cool. It's yeah. an improvement still. Took, took a couple weeks off, but, you know, shit happens. What are you going to do? It does. And this is uh, this is a big day for us. It really is. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell the sweet listeners what this day is? So, it's not a, it's actually the, the day, but it's the close enough day that we're going to be celebrating. This is the uh, three-year anniversary of recording our very first podcast together. The three-year anniversary of the yeah. podcast. You remember that afternoon? We both huddled around one microphone set between us. That is right. We only had one <laughs> mic for the first fucking episode. Yeah, you go back to listen to it, you can tell. It, it's a little rough. but It's, it, it's not But awesome. the, the spirit was there. We, we, we were there. I yeah. mean, like, it's, it's funny. It's been three years we have. Not every birth is magical, Zach. It's been three years we haven't 100 episodes yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're closing in. This is 66. We're getting there. We're getting there. Six, six, six. Um, but no, it's kind of funny. It just, like, it really is. If this podcast ever, like, really takes off, mm-hmm. like, a big-time success kind of thing, which I'm, not that I'm not happy with the success that we've had already. I'm fucking ecstatic. We have fans. With the fan support that we have. It blows my mind. But if this ever gets, like, Big, big, mm-hmm. like super big, where we have to worry about what I say and shit like that. We'll have to delete all the last 65 episodes to make sure we can get corporate sponsors. <laughs> I mean, the the start of it is, it was Kevin Smith, man. It was. Like, we would, we, we were both big Kevin Smith fans, obviously. We've talked about it a hundred fucking times. But like, Only 65. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, not not on air. Oh, okay, like gotcha, in, gotcha. Like, person. Yeah. yeah, okay. It was just like this this idea of, like, anybody could do a podcast. And, I mean, me and you, this podcast isn't any different from how me and you talk to each other anyway. I mean, a little bit. It's just, like, pretty much how we are as people. It's just kind of cool to, like, to me anyway, I almost feel like sort of a connection to creatives, if that makes sense, like people who are creative. I think so. I don't consider myself very creative, but I mean, I am, I make a podcast. Yeah. I don't do much on this podcast. <laughs> I just, I make the content and right. you edit it and everything. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Just, I've, I've learned a lot over the years in some editing. Like I'm, I'm not going to confess. I mean, obviously since you're listening to this, you know that I'm not the best at it, but I've, I think I've gotten better. I've learned a few tricks. It's a fun growth to like watch, man. Yeah. It really it's is. Just like, especially is like the little insider knowledge of uh, just sort of the fact that we knew each other for a long time before we even started this podcast. We were friends for, fuck man, I don't know, seven or eight years before we even started this podcast. You oh, know what I mean? oh, more than that, yeah. Like, it's not like we became buddies and then like the next week we're like, dude, we should start a podcast. 
It's like, we have been bros for a long time. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why don't we have a podcast? Like, that's all we talk about is fucking movies and bullshit. Like, that's a podcast. We can do that. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's just throw it out there. Yeah, because you started the theater, what, 08? Yeah. Yeah. Just about. I I think it's because, like, yeah, I graduated in 2010, and I left there before I was 18. So, yeah, I was... 08 sounds right. I'm pretty sure it was 08. I was there for about a year. Yeah. A year and a half. And then I got uh, offered a job at a very fancy landscaping company that was paying me cash. You got bit by the green thumb. Well, they were paying me cash money, which meant I'd have to pay taxes. They were also, he was also giving me like 18 bucks an hour as opposed to the 725 that I was making at the AMC show place. Oh no, it was Carousel. I actually left before it became AMC. It was still Carousel's. Same. And then I looked at, let's see, I can make seven twenty-five with tax, or I can make eighteen dollars an hour with no tax. And I told Carousel to go suck a big fat chode. And then we did. And we did. And you went on to much bigger and better things. <laughs> and I went on to have a failed comedian career. <laughs> but it led us both here. Mm-hmm. What a journey. It's fucking wild, man. It really is when you stop and think about it. You really like trace it back. The weird kind of like memento style uh, butterfly effect kind of shit that happened for us to be bros. Oh, yeah. It's kind of fucking nuts. You know what I mean? Because like we could have just been like passing friends of like, oh, me and that guy have like similar tastes of movies. There were so many, like so many like kids at the movie. They're like, that was that was another like perk of the job. Like. There really weren't that many, like, jerks that worked there. They, yeah. they did a pretty good job weeding things out. Yeah, like, most people who worked at the movie theater were, like, fans of movies mm-hmm. and shit like that. Yeah, and they're just cool people. Like, you could, you could talk to them. You, you could make small talk. Oh, yeah. Like, I would say, like, probably 85 to 90% of the people there were pretty good dudes. Yeah. And, I mean, well, dudes is non-gendered to me. Okay. But, yeah, like, 90% were just, like, good people so you could just hang out with and have a good time oh yeah there was like 10 percent who were kind of cunts yeah i mean you're gonna have that anywhere though but yeah i mean that's that's probably the national average 10 percent of people are cunts i think that sounds about right and uh we all just had like a really good time and then you look at like the friend groups we had back then and then the friend groups we have now and it's like oh yeah no that was <laughs> that shit totally swapped oh man <laughs> It's pretty nuts, man. It's it's been a, f- a fucking fun ride. Not to sound like this is the last podcast ever. We're gonna obviously keep doing this, but it's. I'd like to if you can. Oh yeah, no, totally. Okay. We can just keep my drinking in check. So I have to go to rehab. Well, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, cue the a, intervention. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that'll be the greatest final episode of a podcast ever. <laughs> Zach's <laughs> intervention. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, I've watched a lot of those intervention shows, and um, I don't think it would work on me. Yeah. Because I'm not fucking blind to the fact that I'm a drunk. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm aware that I'm an alcoholic. I'm not stupid. Exactly. And you don't exactly cave into peer pressure at all, really. No. So you can't can't take that angle. I do kind of the opposite, usually. If people are telling me to do something, I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do the other thing, then. Eat my dick. How's that sound? Yeah. You allergic to this dick? Because that's all you're getting served from now on, you fucking junkie. You dick junkie. You ain't shit. I think my angle, if I had to do an intervention on you, would be to, like, challenge or bet you in some way that you couldn't quit alcohol. And now you'd be like, oh, work. fuck you. I can. Oh, watch me. That would 100% work. <laughs> that's actually, uh, that's how my dad used to get me to cut the grass when I was younger. Oh, yeah? I'm not even shitting you. <laughs> my dad, and in fact, it took me up until about 
three or four years ago until I realized that my dad was just hitting me with like reverse psychology every time. Because <laughs> like you know, um, about you know, I talked about like my mom left pretty early. My dad was an over a truck driver, mm-hmm. so he usually wasn't home when I was like waking up for school or you know waking up for work and, and stuff like that. So I would just like text him like, hey, you know, I'm awake. Nathan's on the bus. Everything's good. Like just to make sure, like I would just check. I would check in. Yeah, just give him peace of mind. And then he would be like, well. I guess when I get home, I'm going to cut the grass because I know you're not going to fucking do it. So I'd be like, oh, oh you think I fucking won't? And I'd go out there and cut the grass. I cut the grass so fucking hard, just angry the whole goddamn time. I'll fucking show you who doesn't cut grass. I cut grass every goddamn time. You ain't shit. I will always cut this grass. And he'd come home and be like, oh, didn't think you were going to do that. And then for the longest time, I was like, yeah, fucking show that old man what's up. And then about four or five years ago, I realized, I was like, no, he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. Yep. <laughs> I am so weak to shit like that. That just always will get me. Like, if you bet me to do anything, if I like, what's the best way to put it? I kind of just like, I'm fueled by spite in a terrible way where I'm like, mm. oh, you fucking think I can't? Watch this shit. I'm going to do it twice now. That's right. Did you just, ever watch Lost? I don't no, know if we've really talked about Lost. it. I can't remember if we talked about it or not. But you definitely remind me of uh, John Locke, Terry O'Quinn's character in that show. Because mm. that was always his big thing. Like, even from, I think it was, it's definitely season one. It might even be like one of the first two or three episodes. Mm. His famous quote became, don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> I do. I don't know if it's just like, if it's just the dumb, like, white trash cracker in me. <laughs> or like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I've ever, I mean, I, I, I have. I've told plenty of stories about my family and shit. I'm, I don't want to say white trash, because that sounds like I'm shitting on my family. And I get along with a lot of my family. But we are, like, they are pretty white trash. And I'm fairly well-read. And I'm a pretty smart dude. But I still got those, like, redneck tendencies at me. Yeah. Like, oh, you fucking think so, boy? You come in here and tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you what the fuck is going on. Dale Earnhardt's the greatest goddamn driver ever happened. Don't you dare get in my face about it. Like, that kind of shit. I just mm. have that in me. And I can't get rid of it. <laughs> it's never going away. <laughs> and that's wrong anyway. It's uh, Richard Petty. So. Wrong. No, you're wrong. It's the intimidator himself. <laughs> Dale Earnhardt. You watch yourself. Mm-hmm. Come get these hands. Dude, you will fucking catch so many goddamn hands, it's not even funny. You want to talk shit on the Intimidator. That's like, that's like fucking declaring war on the entire Melcher clan if you're going to talk shit on the Intimidator, son. Mm-hmm. You better watch yourself. We're drawing that line in the sand right you now. You better watch what fucking line you draw, because we're going to step that line mm-hmm. every motherfucking time. Well, bush light right over your face, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> That tracks. That tracks easy. Yeah. But no, I just have like that weird thing about me where I'm a, I guess, contrarian by nature is the best way to put it. If you wanted to be smart about it, I can see that. Where like I just I like to prove people wrong, man. I don't know why. It just feels good. Like oh, you fucking think I can't? Well, watch this shit. I'm gonna do it twice over. I'm gonna wipe my fucking balls in your mouth, you little shit. Don't tell me how to fucking live my life. And I will never get rid of that. I've been trying to get rid of it for about fucking eight, nine years now at this point, And it's only gotten worse, honestly. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Yeah. A lot of us really thought Emma was going to calm you down, but it didn't really happen. She has in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, but... I, I haven't been in a bar fight in like eight years. Oh, shit. Well, about six years. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't been in a bar fight in about six years. Yeah, that's pretty good then. So, I mean, that's... That's, that's an improvement. improvement. Yeah. Like, Emma's definitely chilled me out, but there is just, there's something about that contrarian nature. I think it's just, like, 
like DNA memory kind of shit. <laughs> like the whole thing, like how the Assassin's Creed games were set up, where mm-hmm. it was like, no, no, memories exist in your DNA, and like you carry those with you. I think my entire line that I descended from were just people who were like, "Fucking show you what's up. You think I fucking can't?" And it was just like, you can't sail across to Canada in 1200s. Like, the fuck I can't. Watch me, bitch. And then we got to Canada. They're like, well, you can't fucking hunt furs in Canada and live off that. Like, the fuck I won't. Watch me. And I was like, well, you can't move down to the Missouris and keep uh, fucking hunting. I was like, I'll fucking hunt anything I want. You ain't telling me what to do. Fuck you. It's just, it's just my entire line. <laughs> and that's how my entire family is. It's the funniest thing when we have fucking family gatherings. We just had one recently. For the 4th of July, we went over to my Aunt Karen's, okay. which is, uh, it's my dad's little sister. Okay. Um, and it's just like, you get us all together, and it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like, Everybody's every just yelling us, over the top of each other. It's just, we're all yelling over each other. Nobody <laughs> knows shit. Everybody else knows the answer, and none of them do. <laughs> they ain't fucking shit. Me and my dad and my little brother also set off $720 worth of fireworks oh, shit. on the 4th of July. <laughs> And we bought only mortars. Oh. Just the big mortar shells? Yeah, yeah. That's all we bought. I've been setting off fireworks since I was four years old. <laughs> I'm not even shitting you. I don't even think I held a lighter until I was like nine. Dude, I was setting off at four. <laughs> it meant nothing. I just, I was taught right. You don't put your head over the fucking tube whenever you light the mortars. The mortars, for everybody who doesn't like have white trash family, let me explain fireworks to you real, real quick. The mortars are the ones like... The ones we buy, they are about six-inch fucking shells with a wick coming out of them that are about ten inches long, and you drop them into a tube. Sometimes it's cardboard if you're buying the cheap shit. Mm-hmm. When you buy the heavy shit like we do, they're usually made out of PVC. Okay. And you drop them down with the wick hanging out, and then you light that And they're, wick. they're secured to the ground so they don't tip over. Oh, we didn't secure shit. Oh, okay. We had them in the back of my uh, Uncle Bruce's uh, trailer that we pulled over there with his lawnmower. <laughs> and we set them all up. We had 20 set up at one time, and me and my little brother would run back in, light two or three at the same time, jump back, watch them go off, light two or three, finish those out, clean out, clean all the tubes out, and reload. And we shut shit off for like, I mean, fuck, like an hour. Jeez. We were blowing that shit up. We had these one kind of... You waited till were... dusk, right? No, we waited till nighttime. Okay. We, we let the sun go all the way down. If we're, if we're going to spend 720 fucking dollars on shit... You gotta see them. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. But, uh, like, I mean, I've been blowing that, I've I've been blowing shit up for, like, my whole life. I honestly think that me, my dad, my little brother missed our calling. We should have been, like, demolitions experts or just (laughs) fucking dudes who made fireworks. It should have been one of the two. I don't know which one. Why not both? We've been blowing shit up forever. Like I said, I, I lit my first mortar shell at, like, four years old. My fucking dad lit the little punk for me. Told me what to do. He's like, don't put your head over the tube. Just touch this to the, to the wick. When it sparks, back up 20 feet and watch it go off. So what I, that's what I knew. So now they don't even scare me. Like, they do nothing for me at this point. I can light any of them off. I was drinking all goddamn day. <laughs> we got there at like 1 in the afternoon. And I drank until about 8, 9 o'clock at night. Also, about an hour before I started lighting off fireworks, I ate half a pot brownie with my aunt. Karen? Yeah. She's getting really big into... She likes to start uh, making her own, like, pot brownies and and gummies and shit. That's her new favorite thing to do. Mm. She's not bad at it. She put a lot of them in the last one, though. (laughs) 
It didn't do much for me. I think it's because it was so hot outside. I was sweating the whole time that it mm. was like nothing got to metabolize in me. But it was like I drank for like six hours. Didn't eat. Like had like one hot dog or something like that. Or I, I, I had a brat. Drank for six hours. Smashed like 12, 13 beers. Had half a pot brownie. And then I went and lit off fireworks for an hour. In the dark. <laughs> and it was just me, my dad, and my little brother. And we just, we've been fucking doing it for so long. It means nothing to us, man. Like, we're fine with it. We even have, like, it's kind of funny. I realized this uh, Sunday on the 4th of July. Me and my little brother have call-outs to each other where we know what's going on just from us doing it for so fucking long. Oh, wow. And my dad is just setting up shit. Because we'll do, like, an hour before we shoot off when it's still daylight. Mm -hmm. We go over, we open everything. Oh, you're separating out? Yeah, we separate out. We we untwist the wick so everything can just be dropped in real quick so we can go as fast as we can for everything. Because we want to just blow the most shit up that we can at all fucking times. (laughs) That's like the Melcher way. Just blow shit up. And then, like, my dad doesn't really light anything anymore. He's done lighting shit. Because he's trained me and Nathan so much. He's like, no. He's like, I'm going to buy it, and I'll help him set up. But after that, that's all on them. Like, I'm, I'm done doing the shit. I done passed it on. And me and Nathan had the same fucking, like, rules and callbacks for each other. Where when you light a wick, you got about seven seconds to get free to make sure you're safe. Okay. To back up about 20 feet. And at five seconds... If one of us has it lit and the other one doesn't, we yell, back, 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 back. That's what we yell to make sure that you know, like, back up, back up, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> and we had a funny close call where uh, I, I fucked up and wore flip-flops. It was hot outside. And um, I lit my foot on fire at one point on accident because we were lighting them off so quickly that sparks were raining down on us. So there was like a dark like spark landed in my fucking sandal as I was trying to light shit and started burning the bottom of my foot. And I was like, hang on, hang on, let me get set. I said, hang on, let me get set. Nathan, my little brother, heard set. And the way we do it whenever we light shit off uh, simultaneously is one of us says ready, the other one says set, and then we go go and we light. There's a two second pause and we say go and light at the same time, every time. When I said, hang on, let me get set, all he heard was set. So he lit his, and my foot is burning, and I'm still trying to light my fucking wick, and I couldn't get it. And I went, Nathan, you fuck! And, like, I jumped back to get out of the fucking way, because I had the five-second spot. <laughs> and the fucking thing went off, and me and him started laughing so fucking hard. Because I thought it was the funniest thing ever. It's like, if that, would, if that firework would have malfunctioned mm-hmm. and killed me, my little brother's last words, like the last thing I said to my little brother would have been, Nathan, you fuck. And he's just like, I'm dead. <laughs> he just has to live with that. Yeah. Dude, we were shooting these ones off. They're called Excaliburs. Six inch long tubes. About this fucking fat around. Okay. Like half a beer can. Yeah. They sounded like a fucking 10-gauge shotgun shell going off. They were louder than a motherfucker. Jesus. They came with special tubes that were PVC pipe with a much thicker diameter or outward diameter on the bottom to contain the blast to get them up high enough. They were <laughs> So f- that they'd be safe, too. Oh, yeah, they were fucking serious. It was <laughs> awesome. We had a good time. So what's your favorite kind of firework? Like the, the actual like color or like sound or whatever? Uh, I mean, it's, it's mortars, always. I don't really care yeah. about the color. I want them to be loud, okay. and I want them to be big. 
In fact, I was thinking about maybe next year to see if I could like rent like a cannon <laughs> and just like fill it full of gunpowder and flash paper. So like it just be a big fireball that doesn't do anything, but also just the loudest shit ever. Because <laughs> that'd just be fucking badass, dude. But yeah, man, like the fucking mortars, like the louder and the bigger, the better. You know what I mean? Like that's the best part about it. Just fucking blowing shit up. Independent style, motherfucking America style, right in your face. Look like fucking Macho Man Randy Savage with the fucking <laughs> American flag fringe jacket with no sleeves on. I don't give a fuck. It's the best. What about you? What's your family do? Not a whole lot. I, I almost hung out with friends all weekend. Mm. Uh, it was a fun time. Got to see some fireworks from uh, my buddy Will's house over in Troy. So right on. We, Right Shout from his, uh, his, his backyard pool, had a nice little view of the neighborhood ones, so it was fun. Did he cover the pole before everybody started shooting shit off? Or? No, it was like far enough away, like you could see it like in the, oh, in the, okay. on the horizon right as on. they were shooting them off. So. Did you, because I mean, did you ever shoot off fireworks as a kid, like a, like the, the big ones, or you just had like the rockets Not as shit? a kid, but like, uh, I'd say from like 04 to 07, mm. we would get a group, uh, like the, the theater group basically before you got in there, Okay, right Trevor right. and Jacob and... Oh yeah, uh, Zabel. I think went up one time. Oh yeah, Jay-Z. towards the end there. And uh, yeah, we we would go over to Missouri. We'd drive over to Missouri and hang out with some people at like Six Flags all day, and then grab fireworks on the way home. And then like two weeks later, drive them up to Carrollton to my parents' house and shoot them off in the field. Did you guys ever roll over to Captain Jim's over there in West Alton? Yeah. Captain Jim's, West Alton. That's mm-hmm. where my grandparents grew up on, on my dad's side. Oh really? You know where the Shell Station is? When yeah, you yeah, yeah. Ninety four. Mm-hmm. If you go back. Into that little, I mean, now it's way different because all the floods. Right. You turn left in there to get the the shell station and all that, and you follow that road down, and there's a big curve and it dead ends. Mm -hmm. Where it curves is that big, like, two story house. That was my grandparents' house. Oh, wow. Not even shitting you. Huh. Yeah. That's crazy. That's where I grew up, man. I'm a West Alton kid. I'm a fucking river rat. That's what I am. (laughs) Because, like, I mean, your your family's fairly country, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We live out on a. Like, my grandpa farmed the fields around us. Right. We're out in the country, and we're, like, five miles west of town. We're, like, eight or nine miles from the Illinois River, so. I don't know. I definitely done my fair share of boating and skiing and you're, swimming in the river. So. You're, you're a bit of a mud puppy as well? Yeah, a little bit. I got made fun of a lot, too, though, because I kind of grew out of it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> my cousin's one of their favorite stories to tell whenever I'm around them is, like, yeah, we were all out like skiing, and a couple of them were like learning how to ski. And then they'd look over, and then I'd be sitting on like the banks, or like with my foot you know, like, over the dock, and just like reading my history book, just <laughs> studying for class. I'm like, because <laughs> they'd always go on Sundays. That was always the big river day, and I was right. like, I, I got a test tomorrow. I got to study. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I'm just like reading history books, and they're all like having fun in the river. Nice. Yeah, I guess like your 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 family's more of the more learned type of. <laughs> white trash than mine is <laughs> it's, i mean your family's not white trash yeah, yeah, yeah. mine is <laughs> my, my direct family like all, all my uh my cousins and stuff on my mom's side that was they they, they, they would rival the Melcher clan it seems like so you think so i, I think so i don't know you want to put money on that yeah i, I bet you i, I bet you. you're gonna lose son mm-hmm. you gotta also remember what my mom's side is though too oh yeah yeah think about that People that leave you? That's the Kaisers. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, anybody in the area, in the Wood River metro area, knows the Kaisers. 
Oh, that's literally her name? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my mom's side. I thought you were doing like some kind of like German oh, officer. Oh, no, no, like... literally their oh. fucking name. Oh, okay. K-I-Z-E-R. Oh. That is their fucking last name. Okay. Not even shitting you. I am the most German fucking Aryan bred child that has ever happened. <laughs> I'm not 100%. I, I might be like the Nazi version of Captain America. Okay. Not 100% on that yet. Nobody's ever told me. Hmm. But like, I'm like the white trash perfect storm. <laughs> do you remember that uh, movie, The Perfect Storm? I do, yeah. Now imagine there's two super white trash, like, hood rat river people, fucking mud puppy families mm-hmm. that met and then had offspring. <laughs> like, that's what I am. It's a joke between me and my little brother that we talk about where, in about, I don't know, a 25 mile radius of where we're at right now, mm-hmm. whatever dive bar we go into. If someone recognizes our last name, we're either getting a free drink or we're getting in a fight. That's just how it works every fucking time. Maybe both. Yeah, that is also happening <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, like your your family wasn't big into the, the fireworks. You guys weren't sh- shooting off like big ass shit and stuff. Not really. No. We we would mostly just travel. Um, back when I was a kid, like we would always drive up to Peoria. Okay. Yeah. And watch the, the fireworks up there over the Illinois River. They would do the stuff where they like time it to the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was always kind of neat. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was just, my fucking family, we could not get enough of just blowing shit up. It was <laughs> the coolest shit ever. I always remember, like, this is even 4th of July related, but it just kind of fits in the story. Making dry ice bombs with my dad. Oh, jeez. When I was, like, fucking nine. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma, his mom, had bought us a bunch of uh, meat from Omaha Steaks. Oh, nice, yeah. And when they send you shit, they send it in dry ice. Mm-hmm. And I got home from school. You know, like I said, I'm like nine, ten years old. Uh, bring the shit in. Called my dad, told him what was going on, stuff like that. And he was like, oh, he's like, what did she send? I'm like, well, she got, we got you know, get some ribeyes and shit like that, and some brats and a lot of bacon and stuff. And he goes, is there a lot of dry ice in there? I'm like, yeah, there's about three or four blocks. He goes, save that dry ice. I'm going to show you something cool whenever I get home. But all right, cool. And like you know, I put everything else in the freezer. Nathan got home. He rode the school bus, or no, he got a ride home with his friend at that, at that point. His friend's mom gave him both rides home. And I was like, oh, I was like, hey, Dad's got something special to show us with dry ice. I kind of assumed I knew what he was gonna do, but mm-hmm. I wanted to see it. So he comes home. And, you know, it's like fucking eight, nine o'clock at night. <laughs> He's like, you boys want to see some cool shit? And he goes over. He starts like chunking up the fucking dry ice. And puts it in some empty Gatorade bottles because I was playing. I was on a baseball team at that point. Right. He puts in these ga- uh, empty Gatorade bottles and fills them like, like a quarter full of water. Puts the lid on it and shakes it up real hard and throws it in like because we lived in a little cul-de-sac. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Threw it in the middle of the cul-de-sac and it just fucking exploded. And we're like, "That's the fucking coolest thing ever." He's like, "Let's see if we make it bigger though." <laughs> and so like we started making these real, like we just started fucking around with dry ice bombs. Just me, my dad, and my little brother. <laughs> and we made one where, uh, I don't know if the captain gets screwed on tight enough or what happened, but we made it, we shook it, we threw it, nothing happened. And we're kind of looking at it, we counted off to about 45 seconds or so. My dad's like, oh, I, I, I guess we didn't put enough pressure on it or something like that. I'll go look, I'll, I'll go check it out. And he goes over and he picks it up and he goes to shake it. And the first like half shake, like when the dry ice hit the top of the cap uh, and exploded in his fucking hands. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Didn't hurt him or anything. Just numbed the shit out of his hand, obviously. Yeah, it scared the fuck bottle. out of him, probably. Too, he yeah. goes like, he's like, all right, boys, that's what we're, we're not going to do anymore. 
Lesson learned. It's just what it always was. Is one of us would fuck up, the other would be like, "All right, well, we're not gonna do that anymore. Well, let's keep fucking with this and see what happens." <laughs> let's go ahead and mind this vein, boys. Yeah, I just got this fucking wild, just redneck, white trash cracker bullshit in me, where it's just like, "Man, fuck it, let's just go for it." <laughs> and it's it's never going away, man. There's nothing I can do. I'm horrified if me and Emma ever have kids. I don't know what the fuck. They're either going to be awesome, like the coolest people ever, Mm -hmm. or it's going to be like the next Hitler. It's one of the two. But I honestly don't know. Yeah, I really couldn't put bets on that either. But it's going to be one of the two. There's no way they're just going to be normal kids. Oh, no. Just be like, yeah, I work 9 to 5, and I pay my mortgage, and, uh, you know, I file my taxes early just to be safe for the fiscal quarter. (laughs) It'll either be like... (laughs) The fucking greatest punk band ever, or a genocide. That's it's one of the two spectrums. There's no way it's in the middle. <laughs> There's no fucking cl- way that shit happens. I think they're going to be pretty cool though, because Emma has all the emotional shit that I don't have. Hmm. You know what I mean? She's very emotionally intelligent. She's very caring, and uh, uh, you know, cares about people and shit like that. And I'm just like fucking. Suck it up, bitch. Let's have a drink. Don't worry about it. I'm like, Dad, I'm eight. I'm like, fuck you. You have a fucking Mike's hard then. Shut the fuck up. Whine about it. You missed a spelling test. Take a shot, bitch. We're going to learn these vocab cards. Daddy's got work in two hours. Let's yeah. go. If yeah. you can say it drunk, you'll be able to say it twice sober. Yeah. If you fucking know it drunk, you know it's sober. That's how that works. So start drinking, you little queer. <laughs> it's just one of those things, man. I'm really excited for this wedding. Like, just meeting all your family. Oh my god! You're not even meeting all of them. I'm, I'm only oh, really? inviting like, a it? select few. I'm not oh. inviting all of them. Okay. There's far too many, and way too many of them are just fucking trash. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, getting them. too many of them in one place is probably a bad oh idea. God, so, no. well, see, the, the problem is I can't invite all of them because I only bought one keg, <laughs> and one keg will last about three hours with my. If both of my families are together, uh-huh. maybe two hours on one keg. I'm not even <laughs> shitting you. That's not even counting anybody else. No, exactly. Just just my family. I watched my grandpa drink a 30-pack in three hours. Goddamn. 30-pack, three hours, while he was building a shed. <laughs> and that shed is still standing to this day. Really? Yeah, that guy's just a fucking maniac. Damn. We get that weird mixture of fucking, like, Northern European, Norwegian bullshit, and, like, North German and Irish and fucking Cherokee. And it was just like, yeah, alcohol doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> like, we just have to be drunk, otherwise shit doesn't work. Otherwise we'll get sick. We gotta, we gotta anesthetize. The corners won't be square. We can't do the math if we're we not gotta, drunk. Hang on, let me close one eye. We'll figure this out. They got like their thumb and their forefinger up. <laughs> That's how you measure. They got a thumb and a forefinger up, and it's on opposite hands, and they still don't know where the fuck they're at. And yet somehow it works. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. I watched that man build a boat. Built an aluminum craft outboard motor like john boat okay built it by himself i was calling it pop it was my mom's dad so my oh, okay. grandpa on my mom's side he was a welder for like 50 fucking years and uh grew up on the cherokee reservation in mississippi he's the one i have the tattoo for him oh the play. cherry yeah with, with the cherry which i think have i told that story before i think so yeah all right cool but yeah he's the one i got that for i watched him it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and he slept about an hour coming home from the bar because he would bounce at the bar that my grandma bartended at. Okay. Then he'd come home and sleep for a couple hours and then he'd babysit me. And I watched him wake up, crack a beer at like 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, 
He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, I'm going to go fucking build a boat today. And he just had a bunch of, like, fucking aluminum siding. So he welded a frame and folded that siding over and spot welded it all in. <laughs> fucking thing still works to this day. Hasn't rusted out. My fucking Uncle Larry still owns it. <laughs> Damn. Not even shit of you. And it's parked in the garage that he built, or the shed that he built? I think it's on his, uh, the top of his uh, carport. Oh. That's where he keeps it. In the winters, you just put something on top of the carport upside down so the snow will ro- run off it. Yeah. It's aluminum, it doesn't rust, so right. it doesn't matter. But it's funny, yeah, he just takes the motor off it, that's all he does. Huh. It's three bolts to hold the fucking motor on. Wow. It's the fucking craziest shit ever. It makes no sense to me. It makes me feel guilty when I get a hangover. Like, when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of hungover. I'm like, bitch, you ain't even fucking welding. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Get to work. <laughs> How many boats did you build while driving? Exactly. <laughs> if the answer is less than one, fucking man up. <laughs> you haven't built a shed or a boat or fucking drove a train yet. Shut the fuck up, Nancy boy. <laughs> you got any crazy sons of bitches like that in your family? Not that I know of. Not I know that, your not that crazy. parents are really, like, sweet and, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing direct family. They're, like, sweet and... Top top button style people, you know what I mean? They, yeah, definitely so. They'll they'll button the top button of their shirt. Absolutely. And that's not a derogatory thing. Oh no no thing. no! I didn't take it that way. Nothing but respect for that. I just wondered if you also had that, or if I'm just the one outcast of that shit. No no, I think you're right. I think that I think I lost that bit. It's that white trash perfect store, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Like I don't even like him all the time. But God damn it, I gotta have a little bit of respect for him. I'm mean, fucking nuts. <laughs> it's just something kind of fun to have that in your corner. Yeah. Something really goes wrong. I'm like, oh, we're cool. Mm-hmm. Like the fucking zombie apocalypse happens, mm-hmm. or the fucking uh, the Red Dawn style, the Chinese drop in from planes. I'm like, oh, my fucking family will be running the entire state of Missouri in about three days. <laughs> <laughs> I just got an upgrade in life. So. Be the fucking the free state of Melcher. We're fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't you fucking come over here. I'm royalty now. You so. better be drinking some fucking beer if you're coming to there fishing my lake. I'll find some ammunition so you guys will let me in. Oh, wait. You fucking better. Although, I do have about seven or eight uncles who make their own. So. Oh, okay. It's actually kind of fun. You ever done that before? No, I've never seen that. ammunition? It's oh. kind of fun. I mean, because you... It seems pretty dangerous. You've shot guns and shit before, right? Actually, no. Airsoft, but not an actual You've thing. never shot, like, an actual firearm? Uh-uh. Really? No. That's wild to me. It's no. always wild when I meet people who, like... Haven't been around firearms before. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like say airsoft, but I don't really think that right. counts. No, I mean like firearms. <clears throat> yeah, like not even yeah. like yeah, uh, nothing with any kind of recoil. Like no kind of like over under sixteen gauge shotgun or anything like that, like a little bird hunter rifle or something. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, that's fucking wild. Because you guys are out there on the farms. I I figured you at least had a shotgun. No, nope. oh, that's wild to me. Dad's got a rifle that he brought back from Vietnam, but nice. I've never uh, never shot it. An American rifle or one of the Vietnamese ones. Mm, I'm not even sure, honestly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't talk about it much. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's not probably something you want to talk about. Right. Yeah. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was actually a funny story. Like, uh, God, this probably been about ten years or so ago now. My little cousin, for some kind of school project or something, they had to interview a veteran, and he was like, "Oh, you know, Uncle, Uncle Mike is a, a veteran. I'll interview him." <laughs> And he went over there, and Dad was just, like, silent the entire day. Like, wouldn't tell him shit. Like, <laughs> he's like, no, I don't talk about that. I don't talk yeah. about that. I don't talk about that. I'm like, oh, what about this? I don't talk about that. <laughs> no, that's when it's the real shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely seen some shit. Well, like, my uh, grandpa on my dad's side, uh, his, his name was Elvis, actually. Not even shitting you. His name was Elvis. He actually played for the Cardinals, so. Oh. Yeah. Arizona, or? 
No, St. Louis. Oh, oh, like baseball. Like the 1930s, okay. played for the Cardinals at I, I, I just immediately assumed football because I was looking at you. No, so. baseball. Big baseball family over here. Played for the Cardinals at 17. He was on the practice roster at 17. Pearl Harbor happens. He gets on a bus and drives to Paris Island and the Carolinas to join the Marine Corps. Called his mom from the bus stop in Carolina. To let her know. Yeah. <laughs> Him and his brother both. So, oh, hey, God. mom, we just joined. Because uh, my uh, his brother, my Uncle Larry, or my great uncle, whatever the fuck. Uh, I think he joined the Navy, if I'm not mistaken. Called her both and was like, hey, mom, like, you know, we signed it up. I'm the Marines. He's in the Navy. We're going to go handle this shit. Love you, mama. We'll talk to you as soon as we can. And just hung up the phone on her. <laughs> Didn't give her anything. That, like, love you, mom. We'll talk to you when we can. Click. Oh. That was it. <laughs> She's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> not much you can do at that point. And then he was a Marine in World War II. And he, uh, he was a corporal. He was a... Uh, um, a duck driver, the, the amphibious landing oh, craft. Yeah, he was in all five of the major beach landings in the Pacific Theater. Ooh. He was there at Iwo when they raised the flag. He was oh, one of the guys fuck. off camera. Yeah, yeah, but he was there. He also had a marksman's badge for his uh, M1 Garand. Wow. He just he was just a bad motherfucker, and he never once talked about it. I found all this out after he died when we were going through his medals. Jeez. We bought him uh, one time. I was about four years old, maybe younger. I was remember the story because my dad told me it. Uh, my dad bought him the box set. Uh, there's this really great documentary uh, called The Sands at Iwo Jima. Which, um, actually, the documentary, uh, some of the footage from that documentary got into a John Wayne movie called The Shores of Iwo Jima. Oh, yeah. Which is a fucking great movie. You guys should watch it if you want. But uh, it's like a like a four VHS set of all like the fucking marine landings and the fighting up the hills and this volcanic ash and I mean it was serious fucking fighting there. Yeah, yeah. And so my dad buys him this. It was I think it was a Father's Day present or it was his birthday. I forget which one. Buy him that. They go in the big sitting room, start the first cassette up. Ten minutes into it, it's the boats coming in. And all the fucking mortar shells blowing up on the beach. My grandpa got up, walked outside, started smoking a cigarette, was just sitting on the porch outside. About five minutes go by. My dad goes outside to check on him. He's like, hey, dad, are you all right? Is everything okay? He goes, I already lived that shit. I'm not going to watch it again. That was all he ever said about it. So I was just like, fuck. Like, that's that's serious. I mean, he had a purple heart and a silver star. He was was a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, wait. There is one story he did tell me. I just remembered. I'm sorry, I forgot. I got one story from my grandpa out of the World War II. After one of the big fights, they're all sitting around, eating their uh, rations, their MREs. And he's sitting next to his sergeant, the, the platoon leader. He's second in command. He's the corporal. And a fly lands on the sergeant's MRE, and he just brushed it off and started eating. And he goes, Sarge, you going to eat that shit? He's like, but a fly just landed on that. He's like, yeah, so so what? And my grandpa went, well, that fly just came out of that dead Jap's nose and landed on your fucking food. And the guy looked at his food. He goes, fuck you, Melcher, and just threw the food at him. <laughs> it's the only war story I ever got from my grandpa. I knew him for fucking 14 years. It's the only war story I ever got out of. Wow. He goes, yeah, it was funny because that fly actually did come out of that fucking dead Jap's nose. <laughs> He's a fucking madman. I love him. 
We inherited his favorite chair. It's still at my dad's house. I'm going to get it whenever we clean my dad's house out. It's got, uh, it's like a big lounge recliner, and it's got two wooden armrests. Okay. On one side, there's a dark ring and a little burn spot. Now, on the other side, there's a real white ring. It is from his ashtray, where a cigarette fell out of the ashtray one time and burned a little hole in the wood spot. And the other side is from his glass, because he drank fucking highballs all the time and Rob Roy's. Oh, man. And that's just what he did. Every, he came home from work. He worked 12 hours a day. He'd come home, and he had a cigarette, and his fucking Rob Roy. That's what he did. And now there's a fucking permanent circle on those fucking From the glass chairs. he always used. He did it for like 40 fucking years, man. That was just his thing. He came home, worked 12 hours. He came home, he had a cigarette and a Rob Roy, and ate dinner and went to bed. <laughs> Jeez. Like that's why they're called the Greatest Generation. Is that really they just is, did yeah. shit like that. It was yeah. like he'd gone to war as a teenager, a child basically. Yeah. Came home, started a trucking company, sold it. Started a fucking uh, antique shop in Colorado, sold that, and then became a fucking um, engineer on the Union Pacific Railroad, <laughs> and would work twelve hours a day. Come home. Have his cigarette and his seven or eight Rob Roy's and fall asleep in the chair, wake up at four in the morning and go to work. That was it. That's what he did for like 40 fucking years. Yeah. While he raised my two aunts and my dad, who was a fucking asshole when he was little. <laughs> I've told several of my dad's stories. Yeah. He's my biggest hero. I have nothing but praise for my father. He's the greatest <laughs> man I've ever known. He was also a real little son of a bitch whenever he was younger. <laughs> he earned every beating he ever got. And that's how he puts it. He goes, I earned every one of those fucking beatings. He said he was a real son of a bitch. But there was one man on this planet he was afraid of, and that was his fucking dad. I'll be honest with you, I was afraid of him too. He was my corner man whenever I was a boxer. No shit. Yeah, because oh. he was a silver gloves champ in the Marine Corps. Okay, well, so he was my pretty corner good guy man. to have in your corner, yeah. Yeah, he was my corner man. He taught me how to take a punch. He would just fucking hit me whenever we would do like fucking drills. <laughs> like you're supposed to just hold the pads. Yeah, yeah. He'd just fucking hit me in the head. Like, yeah, you, you gotta be faster. You gotta be faster. I'm like, what are you even starting? I'm, like, I'm fucking lacing gloves up. He's like, be faster. Be faster. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. That's why I'm the most calm out of like my whole family. You guys don't realize. No. That's a little scary. <laughs> This is a fun little reminisce. Yeah. Fucking 4th of July got me all fucking oh, yeah, patriotic yeah. and reminiscing of just fucking the great men that came before us who paved the way for this. God bless them. Who fucking let us be this. If not for them, we wouldn't be able to be just fat and drunk and talk about comic books. That's right. We'd have to be fucking foraging into the woods for berries. <laughs> I, hoping to shoot I, some wolf. I wouldn't be here still. I would have been long gone. <laughs> I'd still be here. I might be a cannibal, though. Because yeah. I'm going to survive. I can guarantee you that. I don't have it at me. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm too yeah. nice. I'm just a nice good guy. I don't know. Push came to shove. I think you could. I think I could protect, like, our group. Yeah. Just be like, everybody in this group lives. Everybody else can get fucked. That's how that works. You drop off some food, maybe a bottle of whiskey, and you're good. Otherwise, you go fuck yourself. Keep pounding paper. It's like, I can't protect everybody so i just i pick my group that i care about and i'm a fiercely loyal individual like to a fault almost yeah so i just i just cling to that i'm like that's what keeps me human like i'm not a feral animal because i have people that i care about that's what helps this get a lot deeper than i expected it did kind of yeah i don't know i don't see another whiskey it's been a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs>
Oh, real quick though. Did you watch Army of the Dead yet on Netflix? I did not. It's fucking good, bud. I saw it's like three hours long, so I, just, I haven't settled it's down for that though, yet. It's good though, bud. Is it? Yeah, the fucking... Okay. It's the Snyder. Zach, yeah, the Zack Snyder. The <laughs> <laughs> Zack Snyder. It's from my evil twin. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the fifth dimension. He's coming here to kill me. Uh, fucking Army of the Dead. Really fucking good. Batista's huh. in it. A lot of like a lot of people are really good actors, yeah. and they do something kind of fun with the zombie genre. Yeah, I heard it's more like a heist movie. Yeah, no, it's exactly a heist. It's a heist movie that takes place in a zombie apocalypse. Hmm. The zombie yeah. apocalypse is like part two of it. Like it's not that big of a deal. It's more of a heist. Okay. But it's really well fucking done. I mean, like it's a little shallow, like some of Snyder's stuff, and not in a bad way. Snyder's just the kind of guy where he has a. Uh, a mental image. Hmm. He's more of an aesthetic director. He okay. knows exactly how it wants to look. And, and sound. He, yeah. I heard like the music drops are oh, like insane. The music are fucking amazing. It's <laughs> so good. Make sure you watch it downstairs in here and turn that fucking music up. It's right. badass. There's a fucking fantastic intro to it like that almost rivals the fucking uh, the first Zombieland intro. Oh yeah. With the fucking For Whom the Bell Tolls play and everything uh-huh. in slow motion and shit. It's that level. It's fucking top-notch, badass shit. Okay. And um, it's like that. So, I mean, there are times where it's like, okay, clearly this doesn't work, like, story-wise, but they wanted to set up this shot. But the shot is so fucking good that you sort of just let it go. You're like, okay, yeah, I am in a movie. It's fine. I'm allowed to be entertained. (laughs) But I thought it was fucking fantastic, man. Like, I know it was getting a lot of shit on the internet for some reason. Yeah. And I went into it pretty neutral. Because, like, I love zombie movies, and I love Zack Snyder, but I also hate, uh, like, 50% of what Netflix puts out. Yeah. And I hate anything that Twitter talks about. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty 50-50 on it. It was, like, a Sunday. Me and Emma were kind of hungover. I'm like, let's check this movie out. She didn't even watch it. She was on her phone half the fucking time. I adored it. I thought it was fucking badass. Nice. It's a fun, just, like, turn your brain off, enjoy the fucking ride watch the shit happen on screen kind of thing. It's like, it's like mind candy. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. It's fucking awesome. And Batista is like the fucking man. That dude is like, he's like made like a second coming kind of thing. Yeah. Granted, when he was big in the WWE, that was after I had stopped watching it. Oh, okay. I was still watching like the WWF era. I really didn't get, I was like the first couple years into the WWE because I remember the commercials for it was like, get the F out. Yeah. Like, I remember those. And you took it personally. You're like, oh, fine. Yeah, fine fuck you. Then. Don't tell me how to live my fucking life. <laughs> I just kind of like, you know, it just sort of fell by the wayside. Yeah. Not that I have anything against professional wrestling. I think it's awesome. And I want right. to get back into it. I've talked about it quite a few times. We're going to have to have like a sit down and decide who I'm going to root for and shit. And we'll just start. Yeah. We need another NXT night, honestly. Is what yeah, we do. Really, or that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Was that pay-per-view we had a couple months ago was fucking, that was a good time. Oh, yeah. I think everybody enjoyed it, even. Oh, yeah. Everybody had a good time. Like, you don't have to be a fan of wrestling to enjoy wrestling. Just have some beers and just watch these fucking amazing gladiator athletes just put their bodies on the line Mm -hmm. to entertain you. How fucking cool is that? It's fun. Yeah, so I I don't remember a lot of Batista's wrestling career. I know he's physically a fucking monster. Yeah. And, like, is also a fucking Olympic-level wrestler. (laughs) Like, he could handle basically... 99.9% 99.9% of the human population. Mm-hmm. If he's in a room with 99.9% of anybody else, it's on him that you survive. If yeah. you kill anybody, 
except for like I don't know about eleven or twelve fighters in the UFC. There's Other than that, he could just if he wanted to could kill anybody. He yeah. wanted. There, there, just... It's no accident they called him the animal. No, okay. and it makes sense. He's... Yeah. He, he's very primal, very feral. He's, he's fucking way he's built. He's building a brick shit house. Yeah. Looks like if you shot him, it would just bounce off of him. <laughs> yeah. He would have been great um, if the Wolverine movies hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. He'd have been a great saber tooth. Yeah. I've always thought that. But he's also a very charming, loving individual. Seems to be like the nicest dude ever. I've seen so many like interviews with him and shit like that. Mm-hmm. He also had James Gunn's back. Yeah, uh, a couple years ago, whenever James Gunn got thrown out of the social media knife for mm-hmm. a little bit there, and he was like, "Fuck Disney!" He he almost stopped, like stepped out of the Marvel movies. He's like, "No, I'm not gonna have that shit." Like, me and James are friends, and I'm not gonna have that shit. Like, Disney will fuck themselves. I'm like, what's Disney gonna do? Nothing. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, I'll go in there and fucking take Disney over right now. Watch me just kick the door in with a bunch of fucking dudes and ties. Corporate like, takeover. Yeah. Like a bunch of dudes in suit and ties at a big corporate table. He's just, guess what, whores? This is mine now. It's not Disney anymore. It's Batistis. That's what it's named. Everyone sit down. That's a dumb name. What did you say? His Look at my cock. Explodes. Then he puts it out and it sounds like this one hits the table. <laughs> With the reverberation. <laughs> but uh, he's just, he's just, he's such an, like an upstanding, cool dude. Which it seems like when you're a guy like that, where you can just you know, fucking annihilate anybody, you always seem to be like a good dude. Cause, oh yeah, no, like, there's nothing for me to be afraid of, yeah. ever. Like, I'm cool. It's actually a funny bit. Uh, when he was talking about the whole James Gunn thing, he was on, I think it was Graham Norton. The one uh, British broadcaster is like a late night show. Mm-hmm. And it was like Dave Batista, a couple other celebrities, and uh, Kevin Hart. Fucking amazing state of comedian. I love Kevin Hart. Probably the hardest working dude in show business, honestly. Fucking great dude. But uh, Graham Norton's asking Dave Batista about that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, I don't want to air my dirty laundry here, but I wasn't happy with how Disney handled it. He's like, hey, <laughs> Kevin Hart goes, hey, can we all just be quiet? Because I don't want to make him mad. <laughs> and everybody started laughing. <laughs> like, even Dave Batista laughed. He's like, yeah, he goes, I'm just not like a typical Hollywood guy, I guess. And Kevin Hart goes, nope. He's <laughs> 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 just like, do you guys not realize the fucking giant fucking animal that's sitting in front of us right now? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I missed a lot of his shit. But he's in the Army of the Dead. And he's so fucking charming. He's such a good, like... He's a really good actor, honestly. Yeah. Like, he's... Now he's he's not like the typical, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger type, you know, super muscular, so he gets roles. He's actually a pretty good actor. Like, you look at his stuff with, like, Drax. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Guardians and the, the Infinity War and shit yeah. like that. A lot of people like to, like, play that off as, like, the script, which a lot of it is. You know, oh, yeah, of course. Gunn is an amazing writer. But also, writer, he's working but... with Gunn yeah. while he's doing it. Oh, yeah, it's it, a collaboration should... is what it is. Like, and, like, yeah. and he does the really subtle sort of comedic timing for it, and it, yeah. it works. Yep. And, like... And you've said so for several times. That's the hardest thing to teach is the Fuck timing. Yeah. Comedic timing is... It, it can't be taught. You either have it or you don't. There's no way to teach somebody, like, well, yeah, if you wait a half a second longer, it's funnier. Because it'll because ne- it doesn't work every time. Yeah. There's no set rule for comedy. It's either funny or it's not. But uh, he's just, he's such a fucking cool dude. And he's just, he's amazing in Army of the Dead. He's like, the whole backstory is like the city of Las Vegas gets infected with a zombie virus. So the whole country, like the government, 
circles Las Vegas like with a giant wall so nobody can get in just to let the virus kind of kill itself and shit like that. Oh shit. And Batista's part of this like mercenary group in the beginning. This is like the opening no word spoken sort of just beautiful opening that Snyder cut. It's sort of it actually kind of reminded me of the Watchmen intro which makes sense where he's just Snyder is so good at setting up backstory and like character development with just one song playing and like slow motion action over it. <laughs> like that's and that's a, that's a special breed of director. Oh, absolutely. That's somebody who understands the visual medium of film. And so they're like completely encircle Vegas with like shipping canisters where they drop them vertically and like weld them together and shit like that. <laughs> and then like the last scene is them trying to get the last couple people out and somebody can't get out and Batista throws like his daughter over there and he dies and they drop the fucking canister and it kills one of the survivors and shit. Really badass. I don't give too much away. Yeah. But it was fucking good, man. I'm telling you, like, fuck, if you haven't watched it by, like, next week, whenever Emma's out doing her fucking bridal shit, I'm gonna come over here, me and you, or we're gonna get a little bit high, we're gonna get a lot of drunk, we're gonna watch that fucking movie, and we're gonna fucking scream, because it's badass. Can't wait. So anyway, should we introduce the podcast? Yeah, probably. <laughs> About an hour in, so. <laughs> Feel free to cut any of that out that you want, I don't mind. Yeah, we're starting right here. I'm starting to ramble a little bit. But yeah, guys, welcome back to the A to Z podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is a very special three-year anniversary of said A to Z podcast. Check it out. There you go. I picked up. Did I pick up the mic? Excellent. That is the funniest thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) As always, guys, thank you so much for listening in. I am the Z, sitting across from me in his beautiful, little, fucking tight, gigantic body is my boy, the A, the A, the Alpha, the beginning, the start, the fucking rodeo clown of this motherfucker that is a podcast. I'll wrangle you. My boy, Andrew Varble, the wrangler himself. And I am, of course, America's favorite failed comedian, Zach. This is the A to Z podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to get into everything. We just rambled for a little bit. We're having a good time. We're celebrating. It's three years, dog. Three you fucking gotta celebrate years. three years. Hell yeah. Most marriages don't even make it that fucking long. I think so, yeah. This fucking... Th- we're, we're beating the average. Si- we're gonna sign a prenup for this fucking podcast, dog. Shit. This shit's heavy. You get a, You need to get your boy to draw up a contract. Oh, I'm gonna fuck... Oh, we're gonna work off a fucking contract. So I'll take that right now. <laughs> Let's see. Here, let me read it real quick. So if you want someone to work for vote, you too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening in. Just to give a quick... This is our three-year anniversary. Let's give a quick one to anybody who hasn't listened before. If this is your first episode, here's how it works. Varble, my boy, Andrew, the A, he picks out some topics. I try to be funny. Mm -hmm. We riff a little bit. We go back and forth. We try to have a good time. Yes. We drink a little bit. Most time. And hopefully, somebody laughs. I mean, Mostly it's us. I'll take any laugh I can get, son. Yeah. Just like pussy. As long as you get it, it's worth it. What if it's laughing at you? It usually is. Oh. Or she's passed out. Oh, okay. You just gotta make sure you turn her head to the side so she doesn't die like Hendrix. Oh, okay. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah, no, we're just, we're two best friends who happen to love movies and comic books and video games and shit like that and we like to get out here and throw our opinions into the air and hopefully you guys agree with it right that's mostly it yeah yeah that pretty much wraps it up in a tiny little bow i think so so 
We're about ready for some topics? I think it is. Topic time. So I think we're going to take a break and we'll get some topics now. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. We're going to kick off today's topics with, yeah. with a bit of sad news. It's totally topic time. You knew it was coming. But of course. We got to do a little toasty toast. Richard Donner has passed away at the age of 91. Great director, dude. Big up, sir. Like, again, you want to talk about visionary directors? I mean, like, you saw a Richard Donner movie. You knew it was a Richard Donner movie every Absolutely. fucking time. I just <laughs> mentioned him a few weeks ago because I just watched through the Lethal Weapon series. Oh, they're like, so good. Yeah. Love the Lethal Weapon They movies. hold up so well. They do. They never get old. Yeah. They're so fucking good. They basically, like, reinvented cop action movies. Essentially, yeah. For the era. It's just been copied ever since. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, I mean, you could fill a book with movies who were trying to be Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, he did so many other things. He did the Goonies. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, man. It, I'm kind of pissed that the byline on this article is, like, he helped produce the prequel X-Men Origins Wolverine. Like, don't put him on that. That's not yeah. his fault. He was a producer. It's <laughs> different. Yeah. Yeah, Superman. Go all the way back to The Omen. The Omen, one of the greatest horror films ever made. Oh, like, what are we talking about here, dude? Richard Donner was the man. Definitely. I love him. Thank you, Richard, for all you, you uh, did for us, brother. Seriously. Something I didn't know until I read the article. One of the interns at his production company was Kevin Feige. No shit. So had Donner chosen a different intern, the MCU as we know it may, or may not have never happened. I did not know that. I that's did not fun. either. That's a, yeah, that's a fun little uh, yeah. factoid. Gave him his start in the industry. Everybody remember that next time you're doing like bar trivia, you get some fucking movie, <laughs> yeah. fucking trivia question. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, you cannot, you literally cannot overstate what Richard Donner did for the action movie genre. Oh no, he he changed it. He showed that you can have a linear emotional story with good action behind it. Like everybody who loves the John Wick movies, which I love the John Wick movies too. That's Richard Donner's influence of set up your action hero, mm-hmm. give them a story, and then follow through with it. Right. And it sounds simple, but it was not something that was followed a lot. Yeah. Like, he kind of made that happen. I mean, he also gave us, he gave us Christopher Reeves as fucking Superman, who was still, I mean, one of the best Supermans ever. Like, Chris, Christopher Reeves is the man. Oh, yeah. Love Christopher Reeves. That's like the original superhero blockbuster. Like, yeah, you know? He invented it. He invented the superhero movies, yeah. basically. Like... Not only did he intern Kevin Feige, he also basically made superhero movies happen. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's, oh yeah. You cannot overstate the importance of Richard Donner, and it's. I mean, we have all lost. We've all lost a star at which to fly by. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I love this statement that Feige shared uh, with uh, IGN whenever they interviewed him for it. Said that Richard Donner not only made me believe a man could fly, he made me believe that comic characters could be brought to life on the big screen with heart, humor, humanity, and verisimilitude. Above all, he taught me that it can and must be done with respect, caring, and kindness to everyone in front of and behind the camera. Exactly. Dick and Lauren became mentors during my early career and key supporters throughout the birth of the MCU. I owe my career to the way they took the time to nurture and teach a kid from New Jersey who didn't know how to use a fax machine or make coffee very well. (laughs) I always thought Dick was immortal. I still do. My thoughts are with Lauren and the entire family. Dick didn't die. He just went back home. That's all he did. And I mean, like, I didn't even read that beforehand. Yeah. But I just said that 
uh, essentially, where I mean, fucking Kevin Feige agrees with me, and when Kevin Feige agrees with me, mm-hmm. I gotta be making a decent point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, it's, I mean, like I said, you cannot overstate. You couldn't overtalk Richard Donner if you tried. The guy is like, he's like the Spielberg of superhero movies, basically. He's 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 amazing. And none of his movies fucking age. They're all still good. Yeah. You go watch the classic, you know, 1970s Christopher Reeve superhero movies, except for superhero or Superman 4, which yeah. isn't awesome. <laughs> still kind of fun, but it's not great. But they really don't age. They're not bad. Like, I mean, you could be like, oh, yeah, this was made in the 70s, obviously, because mm-hmm. they didn't have $4 billion to throw through CGI. Yeah, so it's kind of cheesy now. But, but it's still good. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with cheesy. Yeah, I think cheesy in a movie is good. I mean, especially it's... for Superman. Like, he's, exactly. he's the Boy Scout, you know? Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having fun with movies. That's kind of the whole fucking point of them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're entertainment. And just, I mean, thank you, Richard Donner. That's all I can say. It's just thank you. I want to do a hard transition here. There's really no way to segue, so <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into some video game news. And I just saw this announcement the other day. I actually haven't watched the trailer yet, but um, there's a new RoboCop first-person shooter announced. Fuck yeah, I'm in. Coming in 2023. Oh, hang on, let me pre-order it real quick, and then I'll watch the trailer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dead or Alive, you're coming with me. RoboCop colon Rogue City. Love it. Based on the original RoboCop trilogy. That's my Peter Weller impression. Hang on. How's it sound? Dead or alive, you're coming with me. It's not bad. Not bad, right? Yeah. Did I? Oh, fuck it. I'm already. I haven't even read any of this article, mm-hmm. but I'm in. Like, I get a RoboCop first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Sign me the fuck up, son. Well, it gets even better because it was made in collaboration with MGM, <gasps> and the game will put you in the big silver boots of film protagonist Alex Murphy. Yes. And will tell a brand new story in the RoboCop universe. Ooh. Faithful to this monument of science fiction, this first-person action-adventure game will ask you to save the city of Detroit from criminals and other crooked corporations. Dude, there was nothing in that, and I no. still got... I st- <laughs> nice I little st- tease for you. I still got chills. I'm so fucking <laughs> ready for it. Yeah. I can tell you one thing ab- about this game. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be one bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, who doesn't want to be fucking RoboCop, though, sometimes? Where you're just like, yeah, fucking... Dude, they better let us shoot dudes in the dicks, though. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I better be able to shoot dudes' dicks off. Because that will make me cancel my pre-order. If I can't shoot yeah. dudes... Yeah. If I can't shoot dudes in the dick, I will cancel that fucking pre-order. Now, if I get a trophy for shooting dudes in the dick, I will buy it three fucking times and give out two. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Like, no way this isn't M-rated, right? Oh, it has to be. You can't make a PG-13 Robocop. <laughs> Are you shitting me? RoboCop almost got an X rating the first time it came yeah. out. It's <laughs> I fuck RoboCop is one of my favorite movies ever. The the first one for mm. sure. Oh yeah. My favorite thing about RoboCop is that so many people forget that is it it is a spoof movie. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. It's essentially like scary movie before scary movie existed, <laughs> where it's just like it's making fun of action films. Mm. Where it's, uh, you know what, honestly what it is, is it's... And like corporate commercials and stuff too. Like, it's like yeah. Hot Fuzz. You know how Hot Fuzz, like Hot Fuzz was a ripoff of RoboCop, technically. <laughs> and that's not in a bad way. Hot Fuzz is honestly one of the most perfect movies ever made. Yeah. In terms of just filmmaking. But that's what it is. Like it's the whole joke of like, let's make fun of fucking crazy, just exploitative action films. But also let's make a fucking fantastic exploitative action film at the same time. RoboCop is the shit. I love RoboCop, and there is nothing cooler 
in that scene when he shoots that dude in the dick. <laughs> you put that on a t-shirt and tell him Zach Melcher sent you. I will. That'll be our first t-shirt in the shop. I would be so happy if that were true. Move on to some movie news now. Movies. I know you're going to be excited for this. Uh, Transformers 7 title has been revealed, and the Beast Wars mythology is coming to the franchise. Hmm. So now, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Now, um, I'm a little behind on hmm. the Transformers movies. Okay. I think the last one that I actually watched was like Transformers 3. <laughs> Honestly, because mm-hmm. they're just—I mean—they got boring. Let's be honest here. Oh, Let's yeah. not, you know, fuck around. That being said, uh, as a kid growing up, I was a big fan of the Beast Wars animated series. I kind of figured you would be. So you're, you're right in that range. Oh yeah, dude, right that, that, that was range. my shit. The Beast Wars uh, TV show was mm. fucking awesome. So I don't know. I guess uh, I'm gonna give this a maybe. Okay. Because like. Like I said, I think Transformers 3 was the last one that I actually watched. Mm-hmm. And nothing against Michael Bay, because I respect what he does. Sure. But also, sort of hate the way the movies are edited. Mm-hmm. And they kind of suck. A little bit. The official synopsis for this one is, Returning to the action and spectacle that first captured moviegoers around the world 14 years ago with the original Transformers. Transformers <laughs> Rise of the years Beast. old? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, I'm old. This will, this will take audiences on a 90s globetrotting adventure and introduce the Maximals, yeah. Predacons, and Terrorcons to the existing battle on Earth between Autobots and Decepticons. Remember Cheetah? Cheetah was cool as fuck. No, I actually, I don't know anything about Beast Wars. Oh, you Wars. never watched the mm. Beast Wars? This is all after my time. Like, honestly, it probably sucks, but I just have like nostalgia glasses on, but yeah. I remember really liking it. Right. Well, it, direct- it was on Toonami. Okay. Badass. The director for this one is Stephen Cable Jr., who also is a director for Creed 2. He doesn't have anything better to do? He grew up a Transformers fan, particularly okay. a Beast Wars fan. Oh, okay. And he's excited to bring the Maximals, Predacons, and Terracons to the live-action Transformers universe. After so many films devoted to Autobots versus Decepticons, he felt like it was time to introduce new Transformers to the series, along with a new threat in the form of the Terracons. Your boys, uh, the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be uh, shooting season three shows now. Ever. Have, you, have you watched it yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've, okay. We've talked about it several times, right? Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. I've even read the comics, so I'm up on, on, one up on you. <laughs> yeah, I have not read the comics yet. I'm yeah. very excited, too. We got some uh, new casting for the season three, including one of your favorites. Actor uh, Sean Patrick Flannery is going to be in the show. Nice. Nick Weschler and Miles Gaston Villanueva. Uh, Jensen Ackles going to be in it as well. Yeah. But all three of those are going to be uh, original characters that are not featured in the comics. Oh, they're going like full-on original. Yeah. See, branching out now. Usually I would be nervous, mm-hmm. but I mean, from the little bit I know of the comics and the fact that I've watched both seasons like fucking four times all together now at this point, mm-hmm. the directors and the producers of this show seem to have such care for the comics and not just the comics, but also like the feel of the story. Oh yeah, it's very much in the spirit. Like they've, they've changed <clears throat> a lot of stuff from the comics, but it, like, right. it's... Honestly, almost better. Like I like the I show. Know, I like the show better than I do the comic. Because I know in the comics, uh, like the the main group, Mother's Milk and Frenchie and uh, Butcher, them mm-hmm. they take Compound V. Yeah, and they give like some like superhero powered beatdowns on these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And in the show, they didn't do that, and it's still so fucking good. It really is. It's such a good show. Yeah, n- nothing other than uh, character names have been revealed so far. But... Flannery is going to play a character named Gunpowder. Nice. 
Weschler is going to be playing Blue Hawk. Okay. And Villanueva will play a character named Supersonic. Is Blue Hawk like Blue Beetle? Because I actually really like Blue Beetle. That would be pretty fun. He's one of my like lesser known favorite DC characters. The yeah. Blue Beetle's fucking awesome. Then they go on to mention that they'll be joined by fellow series newcomer yeah. Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy. Jensen Ackles has had a fucking great comic book upbringing lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard or not. He's also voicing Batman. Yeah. Uh, in the new series. Mm-hmm. He also voiced Jason Todd, my favorite Robin, in Batman Under the Red Hood, the animated movie. He wasn't Robin, though. Well, he voiced Jason Todd, so he was Robin. Well, not really, though. Jason Todd was Robin. Don't he, fucking argue with me. He was this. Under the Red Hood, though. Yes, but he was Robin beforehand. Before not, he was not, the Red Hood, not really he was movie, fucking no. Robin. He's, he's like two seconds. What do you mean? There's a fucking. There's a. It's fucking, like two seconds. There's a flashback to where he's fucking Robin. Yeah, it's like, and he gets beat with the fucking crowbar. Okay, fine. That's the funniest thing with like how Lane and Jason. Because Jason Todd's my favorite Robin. I've said that 100%. Yeah. And I love Jason Todd. And I love the fucking Red Hood. I think he's a great character as well. Because Red Hood and the Outlaws is one of my favorite like offshoot comic series ever. I think mm-hmm. it's fucking fantastic. Fucking cannot wait for the third season of The Boys. If you yeah. guys haven't watched The Boys yet, turn this podcast off. Go pay for Amazon Prime Video mm-hmm. and watch the first two seasons of The Boys. I guarantee you, you will like it. Yeah, just binge it all. Last bit of TV news. I'm not sure how much you're really into it or not, but uh, they're doing a TV series of The Interview with the Vampire. Great movie. Coming from Breaking Bad producers. Mm-hmm. So, and it's coming to AMC. I mean, Interview with the Vampire, that was, uh, that was Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah right Tom there. Cruise. Yeah, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. Great fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Don't know how you turn that into a TV series. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's like a, what, eight or nine book series, I think, from True. Anne Rice. So it'll probably dip around, you know. But is all of it worth hearing? That's what I'm wondering, too. Yeah, I don't know. Also, you're putting it on AMC, mm-hmm. which is cable. Right. So now you can't get super gory or new I mean, with it. you can kind of. like that's Walking yeah, Dead I mean, gets yeah, pretty I mean, damn gory, yeah, dude. you can do the whole Nick... Uh, Nicotero, whatever the fucking guy's name is, from yeah. uh, The Walking Dead, who did a lot of the Quentin Tarantino movies as well. Right. Paul Nicotero or something. Uh, Greg. Greg Nicotero, thank you. Um, you can do that, but then you also can't do, um, like, nudity in any way. And there's just, there's something about doing a PG, like, cable-grade vampire that's not as sexy, that's not as fun. Mm. And I mean, I'm a fan of a lot of vampire shit. I like vampires. I think they're cool. Like, the Blade movies are fucking awesome. Yeah. I think you can find about five or six different episodes of this podcast where I talk about how great the Blade movies are. You just, I mean, it's shit like that. You Fucking cable TV is dead. Put your shit on streaming services. Don't let the FCC tell you how to fucking document your own art. Put that shit out there. Get some fucking nipples hard on the screen, tear <laughs> some dude's throat out, and have a hardcore sex scene, and let's fucking have a real vampire show. There we go. Or, if you want to skip all that, go to Netflix and watch the animated series of Castlevania. There you go. That's what you need to do. fucking top notch. This article had some like weird kind of stuff in it. They're going to be doing a new hotel that's all Marvel themed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's like Disney bullshit because it's coming to Disneyland Paris. What are the odds? But but I did want to throw out here, this is pretty cool. 
one of the things in it. It's going to have one of the largest Marvel art galleries in the world. Okay, I would go see that. That's More than fair. 350 artworks on display throughout the hotel, including limited edition, exclusive, and never-before-seen pieces, which would make it one of the largest collections of Marvel art in the world. Featuring a wide array of work from more than 150 artists from all over the world, with art spanning classic Marvel comics, the current Marvel comic style, MCU, and the video games. I, I would go see that. I hate mm. to admit it, but I would go see that. That's and? Fair. And? I'm seeing exactly what's under it, and I agree with that as well. We have the Jack Kirby Legacy Gallery. Yeah, that, honestly, I would pay to just go see the Look Jack Look at that. Kirby it's like shit. stained glass windows yeah. of art from Jack Kirby. So, yeah. I would pay to go see the Jack Kirby shit. Mm -hmm. The only problem is that, one, I'm going to be drunk, obviously. Yeah. And then, like, some nine-year-old's going to be talking to you. I'll be like, that doesn't look like Robert Downey Jr. I'm going <laughs> to kick him right in the fucking teeth. Be like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you talk about Jack Kirby that way? It will fucking end you. This will be a dedicated exhibition space which will host rotating new art collections for limited periods at a time. See, like, I hate everything else about it, and I'm more of a... DC guy anyway, yeah, as we I all know. know. Yeah, I know. But I have nothing but respect and reverence for Jack Kirby. Mm -hmm. He's a fucking he's a he's a fucking icon. He's a goddamn prophet. He helped comics become comics. If not for him, we wouldn't have fucking comic books. I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah, you gotta respect it. I, I'm not a guy who's like, oh, I like DC more, so Marvel can go fuck itself. There's a lot of Marvel comics that I like. I just happen to be more of a DC guy. That's just how it works. I like them all. Yeah. It's like, you know, whiskey and bourbon. I like them both. I prefer bourbon. But I like whiskey, too. I don't got, I got a problem with whiskey. It's good shit. Speaking of drinking. Oh, shit. Their See, bar is yes. the Bleecker Street Lounge. Oh. That almost, that almost like, that almost is going to tear up. That's kind of beautiful. The exposed brickwork and concrete stylings of this lounge are meant to transport you to Doctor Strange's downtown Manhattan loft. Except instead of priceless magical artifacts, it's full of themed food and drinks. And they're also going to have artists that are teaching Aww. kids how to draw in the Marvel comic style. Okay, I take it back. That makes me want to tear up. That's mm -hmm. gorgeous. Comic book fans will recognize the bright space as being directly influenced by the mythical Marvel bullpen, the place where Stan Lee, Jack exactly. Kirby, and the comics writers and artists of the 60s famously brainstormed ideas and created the Silver Age of comics. It's like, in one way, I mean, maybe it's just the bourbon talking... In one way, it makes me, like, really soft and tender and beautiful to me, where it's like, we're fucking, we're building a new generation of Jack Kirby's and mm -hmm. Stan Lee's and shit. But then, there's that deep little dark side of me that's like, this is Disney making sure we can <laughs> fucking, like, we're gonna tag, like, if you draw well enough, Disney's gonna put a tag on your ear like a fucking deer. Like, <laughs> yeah, in ten years, you get to work on our fucking animation sweatshop. Yeah. But instead, I'm gonna take the positive note, and we, like, fucking Disney's building another generation of fucking Jack Kirby's and Stan Lee's and just, fuck it, it's beautiful, man. Comic books are the best. It's modern American mythology. Like, whenever you read The Odyssey and shit like that by Homer and stuff like that, like the classic Greek uh, writers and things like that, mm -hmm. that's what comic books are. That's exactly what comic books are. We just happen to put them in a different art form than they did. Yeah. But it's mythos. It's the modern American, and not even just American at this point, it's, it's fucking globe-spanning. It's the modern human mythos. Like, we're living in an era of, like, Greek epics, and our epics happen to be fucking superheroes. Sadly, most of them are owned by Disney, who suck, but other than that, it's fucking, it's beautiful, though. When you come down to just the pure art form of it, mm -hmm. and the, like, 
hopefully these kids learn to make their own characters as opposed to like let's just make the same fucking character ten times in a row. But like I mean, we we need more Stan Lees, we need more Jack Kirby's, we need more fucking Bob Kane's, we need we need those people, we need more fucking Alan Moore's, all of them. Yeah. Garth Ennis, he's still alive, but we still need more of them. <laughs> fucking, it's beautiful, man. It's the modern human mythos. I I used to call it the modern American mythos. It's the modern human mythos. It's how we live as a society. These are the epics that we build. Is the com is the fucking comic book heroes? It's fucking beautiful. I love it, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> man, those are gorgeous, dude. I like. I would literally. I would pay for it just for the like the Jack Car uh, the Jack Kirby fucking art display, and I would go get on a plane and fly back home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anything else. I just want to go see Kirby's artwork and go home. You're definitely going to yell in the next one, so I probably should have done this earlier. But Remind me some. I already heard about this one. I saw the fucking half the headline, and I know mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about. Yep. So uh, there was a new Lego convention showing mm-hmm. some of the new uh, collaboration between Star Wars and Lego. And a lot of sets are modeled after The Mandalorian, which is mm-hmm. a popular show now, you know. Everybody's really loving very, it. Very good show. Uh, and in the last season of Mandalorian, spoiler alert, Boba Fett shows back up. Mm-hmm. Did not actually die in Return of the Jedi. One of the most beloved characters in the Star Wars uh, mythos. That's right. We'll say so myself. So we got a model of uh, Boba Fett and his ship. Mm-hmm. And the, the name of the Lego set is Boba Fett's Starship. Hmm. And what's the real name of it? Uh, well, his ship is called the Slave One. Thank you. But apparently not anymore. <laughs> Rather than calling it Slave One, the set is simply named <clears throat> Boba Fett's Starship. Hmm. Jedi News spoke with Lego designers who confirmed that the change was requested directly by Disney. Hmm. What are the odds? They say that everybody is. It's probably not something which has been announced publicly, but it is just something that Disney doesn't want to use anymore. Based on his comments, it would seem Disney is uncomfortable with the term, quote, slave, being associated with one of the most popular Star Wars characters. Why their sweatshops are full of them. Although Boba Fett has traditionally been portrayed as a villain in the franchise, his more heroic turn in The Mandalorian Season 2 may have something to do with the change. No, it is not because of Boba Fett's beautiful heroic turn that Mm -hmm. fucking, um, what's-his-name wrote for it. It's also worth remembering, this doesn't necessarily mean the ship's name has changed in the Star Wars universe. Disney could be keeping the Slave One title as part of the official canon, but just refrain from using the branding on any all-ages merchandise. That would be similar to Marvel's approach to the X-Men villain Holocaust, Mm -hmm. who is normally renamed Nemesis whenever an action figure is released. I, um, obviously I hated this, and still do. Let me point out the one thing that made me the most angry, though. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that they changed it from Slave One to Boba Fett's ship. Yeah. Know what made me angry? No. They called it Boba Fett's ship. Mm-hmm. Whose ship is it? That's Boba Fett's starship. No. <laughs> it's Jango Fett's starship. Boba no, Fett's not anymore. He's dead. Father. So if we're going to. Transitive property. It was I in the will. I just, look, I mean, eventually the bunker that we record this podcast in will be kicked in by robots run by the bodiless brain of Walt Disney, and I will be flayed 
like a modern day martyr beneath the eyes of Bob Iger. However, to my dying breath, I will say Boba Fett, who is honestly, when you come to just the original trilogy of Star Wars back in the 70s, okay. one of the most beloved characters in Star Wars. It's pretty badass. Has maybe, in three movies, has maybe, what, 15 minutes of screen time? Oh, I, I bet be pushing it, actually. Right, exactly. People loved it, though. I'd say somewhere like seven or eight, maybe. Probably right. Honestly, I mean, I was highballing just to be safe. Yeah. And then I mean, Boba... Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. And then Boba Fett comes in, who was... Or Jango Fett. Yeah. Jango Fett, who was, I guess, technically Boba Fett's father, although it is just a clone who he didn't have uh, rapid age like the rest of the clones. Mm-hmm. And the Clone Wars in Episode 2 of Star Wars. So Jango Fett's ship... Slave, the Slave One. Apparently, that doesn't sell as well now. The Slave One. It's the reason it's called that. If you read into the lore, which is no longer canon now, anyway, so it doesn't actually matter. So I can just say what the fuck I want on this microphone because Kathleen Kennedy is a humorless, godless cunt, <laughs> and she decided to throw all of the lore out forever, and none of it matters. The reason it's called the Slave One is that Django, who is a Mandalorian, which is a race that was dying out. The Mandalorians were dying out. That's why he was so keen to be cloned, because he wanted to... That's why he wanted a slave that wouldn't be rapidly aged. He wanted a son, because the Mandalorians were starting to die out. They were a dying race in Star Wars. He earned that ship by killing a slave trade. Killed a bunch of slavers and took their ship... And it was named the Slave One. They were slavers. And as a Mandalorian, they had... Uh, the Mandalorians in Star Wars have very similar uh, outlooks as, like, what we would consider Vikings nowadays. Where the strongest should survive, you have to die in battle, that kind of thing. So Django didn't change the name because he had earned that ship from those people. He wanted all of those slavers' friends to know that he took that ship from them. Because he was the stronger fighter. He was the better warrior. That's why the name wasn't changed. It's the same reason why Boba Fett... I mean, granted, this was all, you know, folded in. I mean, Boba Fett... When Boba Fett was originally uh, created as a character, he was just a guy in, like, armor. Yeah, he doesn't look cool, basically. George Lucas is really good at giving us background characters and then actually creative people make Mm, stories for them. Yeah. Yeah. He's another one with a good visual eye, as we brought exactly. up earlier. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. the whole thing, is that Django kept that name to make sure that all of the uh, friends or acquaintances of the original slavers who owned the Slave One knew that he won that in battle. That meant he had earned it. Boba Fett, who, let's call him Django's son. So again, Boba Fett keeps it because his father told him that if anyone you know calls that name out, says it used to be yours, you have to fight them. You have to be the better warrior. But that doesn't sound good on Twitter. <laughs> and if we can sell ten more fucking Lego sets to children, who mm-hmm. gives a fuck about war or creativity? Fuck it, who cares? We're all run by coked up pedophiles who run the fucking boardrooms. So there you go. Okay.
So that's how I look at it. And uh, I love the Mandalorians. They're one of my favorite races in Star Wars. Especially if you've played the Knights of the Old Republic games. Hopefully you guys have. I know I've talked about them plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a fun fucking, it's a really cool race. And it lends really good story-driven ideals for a talented writer to give this race of people who all they, they need to earn their things. Like uh, one of their home worlds, uh, Duxon, is a moon of Andoran. That's where they live. And this moon, it's jungle-covered. It's like Vietnam-style, you know what I mean? Full of monsters that'll kill you. There's a bunch of unexploded mines and stuff like that. To them, that's how you should be raised. Because if you're not smart enough and strong enough to live through that... Always thinking of survival. You shouldn't be a Mandalorian. The Mandalorians have to be strong. They're warriors. Which, you know, I mean, you can't PC that kind of race up. (laughs) You can't be like, well... We were better warriors, but they were nice, so we gave them hugs instead of taking their fucking heads as trophies. And, I mean, does that sell better? Maybe. Does that make a better story? Absolutely not. For lack of a better word, we shouldn't whitewash history and pretend like everything was romanticized and beautiful. The world isn't a Disney animated movie. The You know, deers aren't singing songs with tigers and shit like that. They're eating each other and shit like that. Yeah. But then to completely sanitize it, we sort of lose the progress that we've made as a civilization. We no longer have to bash each other upside the head <laughs> with rocks to get food. You know what I mean? We can just go through a drive-thru and get a burger. It's way easier than murdering somebody. You know what I mean? I think so. But it's not as good of a story. So not like we shouldn't romanticize the violent past that we came from. But we shouldn't forget it either. It's a very slippery slope to walk on, but then to just completely white it out and pretend like it never happened, I feel like it's even worse than just embracing it completely. Because it's like, how do you, how do you know then? That's how I look at it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I look at it. I don't know how to segue out. <laughs> that was very deep, introspective. I mean, it's something that I've thought about quite a lot, man. I don't know. And it's just like, it's a, it's, a, it's a disconnect from how nature works. That's why I think people should hunt more as well. I'm a big fan of hunting. I haven't gone in a while, but I think people should hunt more. You need to be more connected with just how nature works. I don't want to get too deep, but to sanitize our history and like where we came from, you lose the point of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like at that point, we've taken 2,000 years to learn all these lessons. And then by sanitizing it, you've taken those 2,000 years, you've thrown them out the door. Now they don't matter. So now 2,000 years of human suffering and murder and war and death and just struggle for survival mean nothing now. Because you might not make four more points on the stock market. <laughs> Which one's more important? Going back to what you were saying about hunting, that reminded me, like, whenever we went on vacation here last month, we stopped in uh, Springfield, Missouri, at the Bass Pro Shop, mm. and went through that conserva- conservation museum, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting, like, getting a, a hunter's point of view of how they're, yeah. like, promoting conservation. Yeah. Like, it was really cool, like, because they recognize, like, yeah, what we're doing is killing things and, you know, stuff like that, but it's like... You're stopping different things from overpopulating, from ruining other areas and stuff. And it's like so many people are just like catch and release fishers and stuff like that, oh, yeah. you know. And 
um, even the hunters and stuff like they, a lot of times, you know, once they've got enough food or whatever, then they stop, you know, they, they, they let others grow up and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you, know, so. you just fill the freezer. There's actually, uh, there's a fun story behind that. It, 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 it comes back to, um, Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one he of was my featured favorite, a lot in the museum. One of my favorite presidents of all time. Probably top five, honestly. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Probably he he was honestly he was the first conservationist in American history. Yeah, he started the Boone Crockett Hunters Club. In that they had a booklet for points where that's where the whole thing for um, I don't know. Do you know a lot of hunters? Do you know anything about hunting? Oh yeah, anyway? yeah, a lot of my family. Okay. You know how they always want like a like a big like a multi point buck, like a mm-hmm. ten point big buck, rack. Mm-hmm. or like a big rack or something like that for the antlers and things like that. Mm-hmm. That came about from that Boone Crockett Club. They gave more points to that to make hunting more gentlemanly. The reason they picked a big rack and a lot of points and things like that was that that was the older males. So you cannot really hurt a animal population by taking out the older males. The does, which are the females, they keep living and the younger males exist. But the older males, they've already procreated at that point. They've been mm-hmm. alive for five or six years. Yeah. All they're really doing is taking food away from the younger males and the females to make more of them. That's why they put so many points on having the older male heads and things like that and, and the racks and the mounts and things like that. It was to save the game species of the United States. That's why they did that. <laughs> the uh, hunters are the original conservationists. They're the... Hunters are the first animal rights activists in this country. Yeah. And hunting is beautiful. I love hunting. I've, that was the crazy thing, too. I never really realized it until like walking through there. Maybe, you know, it's, I'm sure some of us, you know, propagandized a little bit, you know, too. It's, oh, yeah, you're, you're getting the word from the people themselves rather than, you know, researching opposite points of view very much. But, I mean, it was really interesting. Like, so many of them, the hunters are, like, the biggest, like, preservers of nature also. They, Always. Like, they right. love nature more than anything else. Always. No, it's it's how it always is. I mean, I was I was raised a hunter. I haven't hunted in about nine or ten years now at this point, which honestly makes me sad. I love hunting; it's fucking beautiful. Uh, hunters are they're always the most in tune with nature that you can be. It's the most natural thing you can do as a human is to kill and then cook your own meat. That's what we've been doing since. Literally before we were humans, we were doing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, that's that's why conservation exists is to continue hunting. Because, um, like, the whole way it works, a lot of times, it, it used to be back in the old days, like, the, the 1800s and stuff like that, like, uh, Daniel Boone era, Lewis and Clark kind of style, shit like that. It was, if it was brown, it was down, is, is what they called it. And they just used anything... That had four legs and walked. It was meat. That's how you, sh- you you shot whatever walked, and you butchered it up and you served it. That's how you made money. That's how you ate. But you had to fucking eat to survive. You had to eat to make money and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, and then you know Teddy Roosevelt started. I mean Teddy Roosevelt started the National Park Service. He started conservationism. He started the fucking uh, Boone Crockett Club. He started hunting as a gentleman's sport to save these wild animals. You will never find a more of an animal lover. Than a hunter, especially a hunter, which and yes, there are the bad seeds, but I mean that's in everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you get the uh, poachers and shit. A hundred percent, and I'm not a fan of those guys. Yeah. Although, and then even then, though, with those kind of guys, like the trophy hunters, mm-hmm. even then, like it's a it's a hard pill to swallow. But those 
those trophy hunters, the guys who are shooting lions and giraffes and shit in Africa and rhinos, mm-hmm. they are donating way more money to the conservation of those animals than any of us are. Because they have to pay to go hunt. And it's all regulated out. It's, yeah, you know, to get the licenses. Yeah, and the game safaris do that. And the money they make, they use to propagate more of that species. Because if you can make money off that species, you want more of that species around. So, like, it's... It's almost sad to say because I don't like, um, and I've I've been hunting since I was, I think I, the first hunt I ever went on. I went on a turkey shoot when I was like six, so I've been hunting for, let's see, what am I like twenty eight now? Twenty nine. <laughs> twenty nine now. Started when I was six. Let's call it twenty years. I've never hunted something that I didn't eat, and that's how I think. Like that's where I think hunting should be because wild game is fucking delicious have you had any of it like, oh yeah, yeah i mean yeah you've you've had deer and shit like that. You've squirrel had, rabbit yeah, been, oh i love love, love squirrel squirrel's mm. the best i actually found a fun little uh recipe for squirrel especially for like red squirrel which is what we have all around here mm. also there's not a bag limit for squirrel okay around here so i mean if you get like a low enough uh shot grade do like a really low grade bird shot just to drop them out of the trees you can bag fucking five or six squirrel a day easily I saw this really fun fucking uh, recipe for squirrel where you skin them and butcher them, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you do it kind of like pulled pork where you put them in like a slow crock, like, like a, a slow cooker mm-hmm. and shred the meat and then fill it with like barbecue sauce and hot sauce and then put them on tortilla chips. Oh, wow. It's supposed to be fucking amazing. And I cannot wait to try it at some point. That does sound good. But um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm not a trophy hunter myself. I'm not a fan of trophy hunting. Just, again, myself. If you trophy hunt, by all means, do your thing. As long as you're doing it legally, you're paying towards the money, you're Mm -hmm. helping to preserve the species, go fucking nuts. Do what you want to do. It's just not for me. The reason I hunt, whenever I would hunt, was to get meat. I mean, you've had venison before, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you had, like, you you just done, like, deer jerky and shit? Oh, no, steaks and... You did actual, like, like the, like, back the back straps and shit like that mm-hmm. dude it it makes you feel better oh like it like feels like you ate like fucking super soldier serum kind of shit like you bite into it and that meat is just dark red just full of vitamins and shit and you take a bite of it like you you want to go bench press a car you're ready to fucking roll like i'll, I'll drop <laughs> out of a tree and snap a deer's neck i'm ready to go i don't give a fuck like that kind of shit is <laughs> awesome but with like trophy hunting it's a it's a weird thought for me and that I would never do it. I would love to get back into hunting. I would never go trophy hunting. Uh, however, were I to get a good-sized deer and process the deer, I'd probably keep the antlers and stuff like that, maybe put the skull up somewhere. But I'm not going to do it just for the mount. Yeah. I want the hide. I want to make a, bl- a blanket out of it or something like that. And I want the, I definitely want the fucking meat. It's so goddamn good. Venison will fucking keep you alive forever. And uh, there's actually there's a really good show about it on Netflix. It's called uh, Meat Eater. Okay. With Steve Rinella, who's, I mean, he's honestly one of the top five best hunters in the world. The guy's amazing at it. Grew up in Michigan, like kind of a country boy, super well-read, incredibly intelligent, and he does not buy meat. Everything his family eats he cooks himself and it's all wild game Oh wow! and it's fucking beautiful. And he just, he fills his, he's got a, you know, about four or five deep freezes in his, uh, garage or whatever the fuck. And he just hunts all year round gets, you know, he gets ducks, he gets rabbits, he gets 
Rabbit's pretty good, although you can't live off rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've really only had that stew. That's the only time I've ate rabbit. Rabbit's delicious. I've, I've had rabbit legs. They're actually pretty good. Okay. The problem with rabbits is actually um, you can uh, rabbit is so lean you can actually starve to death if you're only eating rabbit. You ever <laughs> heard about that? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's called um, oh, fuck. What's the word for it? It's something like rabbit starvation or something like that. The meat is so lean. There's no fat to it which is full of amino acids and stuff, which your brain uses to fucking work, that if you just eat rabbit for like, I don't know, three months, you'll die of starvation while with a stomach full of rabbit meat. <laughs> it's so lean, there's not enough fat for your body to work off of it. Wow. But uh, yeah, he like, you know, he hunts rabbits, squirrels, wild turkey. That's a big one for him. And wild, by the way, turkey hunting is awesome. Now, wild turkey is fucking delicious does a lot of like uh deer elk things like that but he's got i think it's four seasons about four seasons on netflix it's called meat eater it's an amazing show and if you're not like sure about hunting watch that show he is super well read super educated very respectful of the animals he doesn't do a lot of like the uh they call them gripping grins where you you know you grab the antlers and twist it up and smile oh. for the photo you put it on Instagram or something like that. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't do any of those. He has nothing but just reverence and respect for the animals, but also he knows that he just he just fed his family for a month. You yeah. know what I mean? Like at the Definitely. same time, it's like it, it, it's fucking beautiful. He also does like he has fucking great recipes for these. Like he he does a like, he has a whole recipe book for wild game. <laughs> There's a lot of people with wild game that kind of just waste it. Like, you'll sh- they'll shoot a whole deer, and they'll take the back straps and they'll grill that, and then everything else just gets, you know, processed into sausage. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things you can do with it. And he's got a whole fucking cookbook about it, and, like, shows you how to do it, and shows you that. It's fucking awesome. It's a great, like, if you got nothing to do one, like, weekend afternoon or morning or something like that, you just want to, like, put something on the TV while you hang out and veg out and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Watch Meat Eater. Right. It's fucking great. Just watch him hunt. Watch him cook up these beautiful fucking recipes. He does like serious shit too. Like he's legitimately a really good chef. Nice. He made a. I think they were in Alaska. They went um, moose hunting. It was him and his best friend and his best friend's dad. They went moose hunting. Got this fucking giant bull moose. I mean, gorgeous animal. The dad took the bull moose down. And they, you know, field dress it right right there, everything ready. And he shared some of the ribs for him to cook for dinner. And this guy went and picked blueberries and had a little whiskey in his fucking flask and used that to make, like, a fucking sauce wow. over the pan with, like, like, a little frying pan. Like, made that, like, was poured it over the marrow. They cut the spine, the, the spinal cord into sections, put it on the grill, and it cooks the marrow and it turns into, like, butter, basically. Wow. Oh, it's gorgeous, dude. I'm telling you, watch the show. It's fucking amazing. That's all I have for tonight. You got anything I else? I don't think we have any questions. Uh, no, I texted him and she said no. No, nah, she gone. It doesn't matter. She already left me anyway. Yeah, it's pretty late. <laughs> call off work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is a good time, man. I think I, so. This is a good this episode. Is, this is a fun one. You got to trim it up a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. That's no. what happens whenever I take a couple weeks we, off. We got a lot of trailers and stuff in there too. I need to yeah. cut out. So. Well, like anytime I take a couple weeks off, there's always some like rambling because there's yeah. shit that I want to talk about that I didn't get to talk to you about, so I just throw it on the podcast. Yeah. But uh, other than that, man, I had a good time. 
There's a lot of so, fun. Three years down, let's go for another 30 more. How's that sound? Mm, I might have it in me. We'll yeah. see. You can get there. Okay. You'll be fine. Fucking technology's getting better every day, man. You're going to be like a robot in like it's 10 true. years anyway. So I, work, all... I work at a hospital, so I'm right on the cutting edge. Yeah, you're all set. They're going to make you like an AI. Yeah. Just, we, we, we don't have to record this anymore. It'll just be an AI. It'll just create <laughs> it send it out to the ether. There you go. But uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Love you all. As always, whatever device you're using to cast this pod on, please give us a five-star review. Leave some comments and things like that. Always helps us. We're trying to help you. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter at the A to Z Show. You can also follow Varvel at Big Guy ACV. That's me on Twitter, and you can follow me at Melch Knows Best. M E L C H Knows Best. Knows with a K. And we have an uh, a Google email as well. If you guys want to send any questions, comments, concerns, recipes, manifestos screenplays whatever i will read literally anything on this air and that is uh it's a it's a gmail it's um a two z show dot ask at gmail dot com all right you can send that in as well and uh, other than that i mean give us some reviews go make sure to follow uh some of our guys as well help them out you know help out ray check out hooky make sure to follow hooky Anything Kevin's doing, Kevin the Strange. Yes, sir. Follow all of his shit. Yep. Uh, give He's hitting that convention life. circuit pretty hard now. So is he, is he still hitting that hard too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Make sure. What's uh? Do you know Kevin's Twitter handle? Uh, I believe that's what it is. Yeah, Kevin the Strange. Kevin the Strange. Follow him on Twitter. Give him big shout outs and buy his merch. Tell him that we sent you, just so he knows how powerful the A to Z army is. And uh, other than that, I guess just uh, do your best to be cool to everybody. Give all your best friends a kiss on the forehead. And thank you so much for listening. Yep. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you later. Love you, buddy. Bye-bye.